Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. Casey and Sarah here, and this is Discovering Trek Enterprise. Welcome to the First Frontier. The two of us, first-time offenders, are talking another episode of Enterprise. This is the first full series watch-through for me, and it's a rewatch for Casey. Today, we are brought in for questioning on the episode, Detained. This episode traveled over the airwaves into your TV unit about 20 years ago on April 24th, 2002. If you haven't watched this episode yet and you don't want to be spoiled, go hit up Paramount Plus, Netflix, or Amazon Prime and watch the episode, then come back here, post haste, and join us chatting about Detained. Ziggy says it's a 100% chance. That was our non-warning spoiler warning. Well, before we get into Detained, we want to remind you that we want to hear from who you, our listeners, about everything you think about Enterprise. So, how can all of you get in touch with all of us on your thoughts for, gosh, this pretty soon-to-be-ending first season of Star Trek Enterprise? Yeah, there are a bunch of ways listeners can do that, Casey. <laughs> Thank you. Of course, you can go to trekgeeks.com slash contact and leave an email to get us your thoughts. On Twitter or Facebook, all you have to do is search for Discovering Trek. Discovering Trek, not track. That's a completely different thing. And you can leave us a message there, too. You can leave us a voicemail by visiting our website at trekgeeks.com and click on that big blue button. Remember that any comments you leave us might be used in a future episode of Discovering Trek. All right. Enough of that. Let's get going. There's a pie chart that we need to talk about. And I need to know, out of six slices of pie, Casey, how many slices did you give this this little ditty of an episode. Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening to you. I was sending a telegraph at the moment. So uh, <laughs> where? <laughs> my my ditty? What did I think about this episode, my friend? <laughs> you know what? <sighs> you can't quit. <laughs> I can't do this Watch by me. myself. You are the backbone. Oh, my gosh. Five <laughs> slices. Five slices, my friend. I wow. I thought this was a... A, a good to build upon Suleban's story so that they didn't remain one-dimensional characters. And we get a jailbreak. What the heck? Why not? Why not? Now, what do you think about this I gave episode? This, I gave this a lot of, I gave this five and a half. <gasps> I really wow. liked this. I did. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great to see Mayweather finally getting some action. I liked right. the storyline. It was predictable <clears throat> in a way, but... I liked it. I think it gave depth to the characters and mm-hmm. I, cause I didn't really like the Suleiman as soon as they joined. I was like, Oh, here, who's this new alien race that we don't need another new, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And this was, this was great. So um, it looks like I did the recap. I forgot all about that and I'm seeing it here <laughs> and I'm hoping that I can uh, give it a good. Um, oh, oh, please. A, you, you are the best at this. So well, I no- know that, but I mean, <laughs> Just kidding. Don't, don't don't break your arm patting yourself on the back. Oh. 
dislocated my shoulders. <laughs> All right. right. Are you ready? I I am I am locked and loaded. Let's hear it. Woo! All right. The show starts with a mystery. Two crewmen are trapped. It's Archer and Mayweather waking up from a nap. Their shuttle was shot down, and Mayweather takes a look. There's Sulabon everywhere, every corner and nook. An alarm goes off soon, and the Sulabon stands still. It's a prison of some sorts, and the guards aren't so chill. The two are taken to the head guy and try to explain. He apologizes for the confusion and for being a pain. In three days, they'll leave to attend a formal hearing. Chatting with prisoners is something he's fearing. Keep to yourself. Don't talk to them, John. These Sulabon are cabal and will make you their pawn. But Archer and Mayweather ask questions and fuss, and the Sulabon explain that cabal are not us. We are innocent and victims because of those guys. We're not genetically enhanced. Can't you tell from our eyes? Archer realizes the issue, an internment camp it be, and now he feels obligated to set Sulabon free. The Enterprise is annoyed. They just want to talk. They send down a communicator, and the transporter has a lock. We don't want to leave. We must help and stay. But the leader catches on and now makes his play. Tell us what you know. Help us, you must. Mayweather is pushed and his face all a bust. A plan soon is formed. The shuttles will take. And Malcolm is transfigured. A great Sulaban he makes. The two-man crew are saved and fly back to their ship. When asked if the escapees will be fine, Archer keeps a tight lip. Ta-da! Very good. (laughs) (laughs) Wow! Get all the sound, sound effects, effects of that one. All the sound effects, and we don't have to pay royalties because we do them ourselves. We do them ourselves. Excellent. Great recap. Thank Absolutely you. Absolutely great recap. Oh, my gosh. That was um, that was good times, that episode. I want to, I think we should talk about it. What do you, okay. what do you think? Should we go to the transporter and beam up some topics of discussion? As, we should. As they do. My, my brain is empty right now, so I'll beam them in there. So I, I can have some thoughts and some thinking and some sayings for all y'all. Bring it on. They're in there. Okay. Hey, I thought this was a a pretty darn good episode and continued of, of where we've been improving, I think from at least a viewer's standpoint, the, the rest of the back part of the season. Yeah. And, you know, an internment camp story that... When I watched this, and I don't know what you think about this, Sarah, but when I watched this, part of what I was seeing is I think maybe there were some writing adjustments between the first half and the second half. And, you know, the producers, writers were finally starting to see what people were liking or disliking about this Mm -hmm. series so far. I can see that. And and so, yeah, a bit of a, a, a course adjustment. Because, yeah, we finally get to see the, the Sulaban as more than these one-dimensional bad guys. And we get some depth, as we've talked about before, wanting in this series. And we, we start seeing actual, like, Sulaban families. Not that there's just, you know random <laughs> terrorists or whatever you want to call them. There's, there's multi levels to this culture. Yeah. Yeah. I see that because it, you know, it just makes you think about the fact that when you talk about the depth that they're giving this species finally in the series, I kind of wonder if some of the feedback they got 
was what caused that. And by feedback, I mean people really liking the fact that they've really given some depth to the Vulcans by not making mm-hmm. them all perfect and, you know, having they have some uh, some sneaky guys in there. And also with the, um, the Andorians. Yes. I think that they've done a really good job with giving that species a bit more depth. And so I think maybe perhaps there was people saying, this is great. I like this. Like we need more of this because we know we're not giving a lot of depth to the characters mm-hmm. uh, on the enterprise. So we mm-hmm. need something. And I think that this was a good way to maybe um, kind of get people back interested in watching um, this alien species that we're now realizing there's going to be more of. Very true. I concur, concur hundred percent on that. I mean, and as as we go along, which also dives into what I was talking about here, we get, you know, another great cast, guest cast that comes in. So on this, welcome back, Dennis Christopher. He played the Suliban Danik. I mean, this guy was in, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Breaking Away. No. Great movie. Dennis Quaid's in it also. I'm sure it's somewhere easily findable. Watch it. It's a it's a cool, cool movie. But he was also in Chariots of Fire. He had done okay. DS9. He's doing Deadwood, Sequest 2032. I mean, to me, this guy is a, a phenomenal actor and brings a lot to this pretty quick hit guest role. Mm-hmm. Um, emotional, you know, there's there's just a, a depth to this character. So, and also with that, of course, we get a, you know, welcome for the first time to Star Trek, we get a nice little reunion on screen for Dean Stockwell playing Colonel Gratt. Uh, of course, we know him as Al on, on Quantum Leap. But I, I looked at that. And I go, you know, we've we've had a few episodes in a row coming where the guest cast to me ha- has really been pumped up the quality of the actors. So I, I think that was another thing. Come and go. Hey, we we need to. We need to boost the second half of this season. What can we do? Who can we bring in? What's going to what's gonna go on here? Yeah. And, you know, you brought up previously the fact that a lot of some of the filming was happening around the time of 9-11. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it played a part in the atmosphere. And, and you see it on screen. And that's understandable. But now as time has kind of moved on and you're getting in these other people coming in that are maybe now available to do the work and are ready to work and are ready to try. You see that just the quality Mm. and the, there's an excitement in the episodes. There's Mm -hmm. energy in the episodes and it's made the second half of the season. So enjoyable. Absolutely. This is, gosh, I just keep thinking about, and how how you brought up, Hey, Travis gets, some screen time here with meat you know yeah. not not useless yes sir of course plotted in blah, blah, blah. building and yeah gets some stuff to do and helps in the whole storyline of you know we're all seen in one way and everybody's preconceived notions about others and for for travis to be bringing this up when he's talking with the other Suleban, I I don't know if it, I enjoyed it more because it's like, hey, we finally have him doing stuff, or that thank God it just wasn't Archer doing this. It's like the the boomer <laughs> who's been yeah. out there. I'm like, yeah, yeah. This this seems to be the guy who would sit down with you know another bowl of mushy oatmeal that everybody in a space 
penal system seems to get for food, but that he, you know, he'd be the one kind of more than open to talk with somebody, find out what's actually going on and uh, try and keep an open mind as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So I have a question here for you. All Uh, right. When, when this all is happening, you know, the Travis Archer combo made sense for me on the mission they were on for when they were looking at that moon. Okay. Cause it's like, you got your pilot. Uh, I guess the captain's making this says, Hey, I want to go check this out. Okay. And then if something happens to one of them, the other one is the backup pilot. Okay. Now for planetary missions, my thinking is this quartet makes sense for planetary missions. You have Travis, you have Hoshi, you have Malcolm, and you have Johnny Boy. Because if the captain demands to be the one going down to the planet, okay. Because I, I go, you have your pilot and your backup. You've got the person who's going to be doing the translation that you really have to have going on. And then Malcolm is kind of your quasi-security slash engineer person. Um. This, this to me <laughs> in the show would kind of be the, I, I know it hamstrings the writers for certain stuff, but just logically for the ship. And one more thing that we can just accept, which would allow us to accept different storylines and new characters easier when there's a lot of just basic stuff. I go, oh yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I accept it. I accept it. Okay, here we go. Ah. Uh, I'm, I still find it interesting or odd the choices by the writers and or producers of who who gets on these away missions and why. I don't I don't know. Doesn't make a lot of sense. The thing that surprises me, and this has been throughout every series of Star Trek, is that it's the same six to seven people that are going away. When in some instances you have a ship with a thousand people, hundreds of people, (laughs) all possibly looking to grow and learn in their role. And their supervisors are the ones that get to do all the cool stuff. And you would think that, you know, you're going to send these people out for opportunities to learn, to uh, add to their skill set, to explore because um, there's, yeah, just the captain shouldn't be going all the time. I don't care. (laughs) That's my rule. Um, But yeah, I don't understand. I think they just pick uh, who who needs some lines that week and who needs to kind of right. earn their money. And yeah, I, mean, I find it interesting also because when like we looked on the bridge for the replacement bridge personnel, I mean, no. none of none of them speak, so they don't have to pay. I get it. You don't have to pay the actors for a speaking role. They're they're yeah. just nodding or whatever. It's like okay, so yeah. that's where with what you're saying is. There, there could be this rotation of non-speaking roles for uh, people who are going down to planets or yeah. something. I mean, it can be in the very back of the shuttle pod, push, pushing buttons and turning around and, you know, having a contemplative look on their face. But they don't have to speak, so you don't have to pay them on that. That'd be interesting. Okay. The Tandarans. Ooh. Uh very, very interesting of, of how, I'm not going to say nice, but uh, 
ple- pleasant-ish. Welcoming. Yeah, they they kind of are, but mm-hmm. in a way, in a way where you're like, you're you're awfully pleasant for us being basically. I mean, it's you know in prison, in in lockup. So, hmm, hmm, I don't. Well, they don't see it here. like that, right? Like many captors throughout history, this isn't a prison. We're doing this for you. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you keep telling yourself that so you can sleep at night, right? Yeah, it's it like, is what it is. Uh, if you're doing this for me, it's like, you know, where where's the plant plentiful, nutritious food? Yeah, you can put stripes on a horse and it ain't a zebra. It's still a horse. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I kept thinking about that. I was like, if they're doing this for for where they think for the good of the, the Suliban who aren't in the cabal, what what is the issue of transferring Danek's wife to be there so husband, wife, and daughter can be together? I mean, how that? Yeah. I mean, that's part of what I like about this story is I, I, I go, how uh, hurtful is this psychologically to oh, the yeah. young Suliban? that are in this of like i mean it's you know, the parents tr- trying to make it as as nice as possible how would danik gets taken you know to, for isolation overnight i mean you can see the parental stuff right there like hey hey make sure she gets home honey i'm gonna be fine i'll see you in the morning kiss on the forehead yep. bye but it's like oh that's heartbreaking it, it's this is what made the episode so good because had these people just been living in a gated community that was surrounded by guards and they were free to live their lives. And you think, Oh, that is really nice of them. They're protecting them mm-hmm. while providing them with freedom. This is not that. No. And yeah. I think, I think and, and this is, this is the reality of what we've seen throughout history uh, in many countries. True. Very included. true. <laughs> hey, so what, so what do you think after, after the, the escape, all the Suliban escape, what do you think, happens to Danik's wife who's you know in another camp i have no idea do you think think the tandorans retaliate do they try and keep this all hush hush so that the other camps don't get ideas in their head i think that would be a pretty pretty realistic assumption Mm, yeah i was yeah i kept going okay grat is grat's gonna be in in deep doo-doo with the upwards of like what what happened these humans that we've never heard of this place of earth we don't know about coming here and in three days get an insurrection going on overpower (laughs) your guards like what what kind of crappy you know runner of the this institution are you and i i just kept thinking "Mm, yeah something's gonna come from this the only time that you're allowed to overrun the guards like that is when you know your shipment of fancy pins have arrived and you're trying to get to them and they're blocking you from your pins. Oh, those bastards. They try and block me from my pins. Shot right in the nuts. Yep, I tell oh, you. Oh, boy. It's yep. not good. But what is good? You're right. As it is fan sets. Oh my gosh. Discovering Trek listeners. You know what? We want to thank our friends at fan sets for being the exclusive sponsor of Discovering Trek. The fan sets crew are constantly working on putting out best product available and coming up with new designs and product releases. There's more wonderful new products out right this very moment. There's, of course, all the wonderful character pins. Look at your collection. 
see what characters you need to fill in for certain series, as I've been doing. There's the Trek emoji pins, which are very cool. Pins from all of the Trek series, Delta pins coming in full and mini sizes, Picard pins, and gosh, they even have amazing non-Trek stuff like Scooby-Doo, Zinoscope, Harry Potter character pins, and the Big Bang Theory. Harry Potter! I need some Harry Potter pins. There you go. Yeah. Get in there. And guess what, Sarah? Just for you, since you're the only one listening to this right now, we'll get a special code. <gasps> if you go to fansets.com after we're done recording, scroll along, find all those amazing Trek and Harry Potter pins that you want to get, load up your cart, and enter the special code word, Discovering Trek, in all caps, no spaces, and you get 10% off your entire order. Whoa. And then for people, hey, if you're in the U.S. and you spend more than 30 buckaroos, you'll get free shipping on your order. Amazing. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. I want to have some fun. You want to have some fun? I want to have I some got, fun. I got, I got a little fun fact for you. <gasps> Do you? Ooh. Yes. Ex- okay. Colonel Grat, is it? Teen Starbucks yep. character? Yes, ma'am. Comment to Archer. I'm sorry we couldn't have met under better circumstances. Along with Archer's retort, so am I, is simultaneously an homage and foreshadow. The exchange is an homage to them being good friends and partners in their previous series, Quantum Leap, as we discussed already. The exchange is a foreshadow to them being foes in this episode. It's Stockwell's only guest appearance on Enterprise. <laughs> fun fact. That is a fun fact. And you know what? You're you're right. If if you pay attention to little things in this episode, it, it's pretty amazing. Go back, rewatch like how Stockwell is holding as grab his pet had mm. and it's just like how he used to do it talking to Ziggy and Quantum Leap and I was I I I had to go rewatch those scenes again because I laughed <laughs> the first couple times I was like yes that's exactly you yeah. know when Sam and Al were trying to work things out together I was like mm, you know I, I would have loved loved more of Stockwell in this episode so would you say as a Quantum Leap fan you were satisfied by this pairing for this episode Yes and no. I was really great, glad to see Stockwell. I wanted more. Okay. He's a really good actor. I mean, go on to IMDb and just mm-hmm. scroll through some of the stuff. He's oh yeah, insane. Yeah. Oh, he's great. Right? And he's still around. I think he's, what, like 85 years old now. And it's like, boy, if this guy could get... I'd love to see him. Like, I'd love to see Dick Van Dyke and everything, who's almost 100. Give me, give me more Stockwell. All right. Casey has spoken. How about this? I have a little poll from, from Rewind, a classic, would you rather? Uh, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> would you rather have been detained with Mayweather, Flocks, or Archer? Okay. Uh, instantly one out. Archer, no. Uh, then between Mayweather and Flocks, um, this would depend on the length of the detention. Because I think flocks would be entertaining, but after two days would be grating as hell. And just like, dude, will you shut up? I just, yeah. just, I need to get some sleep. I need you to not talk every single moment of the day. But, but flocks would have been in with the Sulaban immediately and gotten a ton of stories and just 
I think, really making friends and going from there. Um, but I, I think I go back to Mayweather. It's like capable person. Uh, I like how like in the episode, they don't both wake up at the same time. It wasn't that normal TV mm-hmm. trope where one wakes up and the other one is like five <laughs> seconds later. Oh, <gasps> yeah. oh yeah. Classic. Um, I think Mayweather. What, what about for you? Well, I look at it from so many angles because if I was just like some random officer on the ship, I think I'd feel most confident going with the captain rather than some ensign that I barely knew. And I was like, you're at the same level as me, dude. Like the two of us uh, going on this mission, like bad idea. But I mean, flocks would be entertaining to be stuck with. Mayweather would be helpful and useful because he's got that bit of a cowboy experience pre Starfleet Mm -hmm. out there. True. Um, I would feel confident that him and I would be able to figure out a way, but if I was just some random Starfleet officer detained on a strange planet, I think I would probably feel more confident being with my captain because as an ensign or whatever, I probably wouldn't know him that well. And I would have more confidence than I really should in him. <laughs> so that's probably why I'd be like, the captain's going to get us out of here because I'm still new. This is my first week. <laughs> oh, well, okay. So, so Archer, I mean, Mayweather gets beat to hell because yeah. Archer thinks he's sneaky, sneaky. Yeah. That's, so this is part of why I was like, eh. I'd probably be the one who'd get smacked around because I'd be stealing <laughs> food and stuff and I'd get, I'd get backhanded pretty hard, but oh, you, I'd, you want, I'd get right back at them. You want more of that space oatmeal? I'd get knocked down, but I'd get up again. <laughs> just like what Chumba Wumba was singing about. <laughs> oh God. It's, it's good. We don't sing any of that since we can't afford it. And <laughs> no, no music license going on here. Uh, but you know what you don't have to pay for, which is just sitting there every Ooh. single day. Yep. It's just waiting for you. <laughs> Chef just has it sitting in those plastic cabinets waiting for you to go. And I don't know, maybe it's Open a rotation. Little, like glass drawer mm-hmm. to like pull the little brownie yeah. out or whatever, cafeteria food. Yep. And it's you know, like the door's opaque. So you can't quite see. It's like opening a present. Oh my gosh. Like, <gasps> if you could have anything right now, a three course lunch, what would you have? You have two Ooh. seconds. Go. Okay, three course lunch. I want a Greek uh, style pizza that has clams, bacon, feta, and um, either white sauce or olive oil only. No red sauce. Okay. Does that does that that counts as a course? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then for an appetizer, which I think would be very good right now, I could either do like a good fried calamari with uh some different different sauces Mm -hmm. i'll I'll do that and then i'll just i'll just go straight to dessert because i had one last night it they're called it's it and they're made here in san francisco and what it is is there's two oatmeal cookies and either vanilla chocolate or chocolate mint ice cream in between them Mm. and the whole thing is dunked in fudge oh my goodness I, I love these. The The main facility is literally 20 minutes from my house. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And that I was like, deadly. I haven't had one in a long time. So I'd have that. Mm. What, what would your three-course meal be? Oh, man. I'd probably start off with like a nice, like, balsamic beet quinoa salad with a mm. little bit of crumbled, like, feta or goat cheese on there. Yeah. 
then I'd maybe have like a, a, a there's a pub that makes a sandwich they call it a blast it's like a blt but also has avocado and sprouts on like a toasted Ooh. sourdough bread Ooh. bacon lettuce tomato sprout sandwich okay. cut right in half perfectly diagonal with the pickle sticking at the top with the stick mm. and then for dessert maybe because it's summer i'd have like a popsicle or like a freezy like one of the really big long like white oh. freezies mm. Or a chocolate chip cookie that's a little bit warm, just out of the I, oven. I I seriously think we need to reschedule when we record these. It must be after a meal. I know. I had God. breakfast too, but I'm still like, I'll always talk about food. I'll always, uh, I'll always eat. <laughs> I'm an eater. Yeah. I like I like your three course meal. Oh my gosh! I'm not a lover, not a fighter. I'm an eater. <laughs> that's my thing. <laughs> Well, to me, and maybe for you too, this uh, this episode kind of felt like a, a little buffet. We had a little mm-hmm. buffet of alien races. And uh, we got to know more about one race we've, we've seen more. And then, hey, we, we get a new friend, foe race. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. What does it mean? And I'm, yeah, what does it mean? I go, to, okay, sir, to you, could this have been a... T- do you think there was enough there to really go deep into Sulaban and this other race? Um, because you froze for a second there, I'm just going to assume you said, do I think this could have been a two-parter? Correct. Awesome. I think it could have been a two-parter for sure. I think it's been a three-parter. <laughs> I, um, I think that it would have worked. And this mm-hmm. is one of the few episodes this season that it could have worked because some episodes felt like they were already a little bit too long or they were filler. <laughs> yeah. You know what filler. I mean? Oh yeah. A lot of oatmeal. Like this would have been one, like, it's so funny, like watching TV that now, nowadays you find a show you really like and you're like, Oh, it's a 13 season episode season. It's 10 episodes. Like some of them are even like seven, like they're super short. Right? It's cruel. Cause you wait forever. <laughs> I think black mirror pulled out of one season. It was three episodes. I'm like, what is that? I've been waiting a year. You're giving me three gd episodes <laughs> and then you look back at old tv mm-hmm. and you know because uh my partner and i came across um a show we never watched before that i always kind of was interested in was west wing and he's oh, like yeah. 23 episodes in a season i'm like good old days man everything was 23 24 22 like dramas mm-hmm. comedies that's just the way it worked because you'd start shows in september and then you take your christmas break and they go to april and then you'd have fill the year. summer shows right but now with streaming yeah. services everything's whatever schedule they want right so um this is a series that i think would have benefited quite well from maybe shorter seasons absolutely i mean like, this i hate to you... say i want less track but it could have been longer or more seasons than four like you could have had i think you're dead on because i think that could have i mean on this, I think they were looking for, at the time, the magic syndication number was 100 episodes. So yeah. then you can sell it so people can run this over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, filler episodes. I'm looking at you, Lost, season two. Just mm-hmm. episodes you're like, really? What the, yeah. what the hell is that? But this and, episode was good, and it was well-written, and it yes. was beautifully acted, and it would have given you more of, of your Quantum Leap right. guy, and it would have given some more tension and more um, maybe some more answers at the end about what to expect, because there was a mm-hmm. lot of hanging. So, yeah, no, good point. It is. There's there's a ton of possibilities of, of what could happen. Heck yeah. Coming up in the future. 
But yeah. oh, yo, yo, that's it. I like that's it. it. Yeah. We, so we. This is this is I I'm finding it interesting that we are enjoying the second half of the season a ton more than the first. You know, would it be safe to say that by the time this airs, Cedar Skip it will have long been yes. probably aired? Because <laughs> yes. then I can say like I went in dreading doing the Cedar. I've always wanted to do a Cedar <laughs> Skip it, and I was like, you're gonna give me the freaking worst series, the worst season. <laughs> This is what I have to, this is, I mean, this is it. I'm going to be banned from Star Trek because I'm going to be so cruel. Out of the three of us, I liked more than anybody. Really? I gave more see than both of those two jack-o'-lanterns. <laughs> there you go. And, you know, I, I stand by what I say. I What I made a point of was that some of these episodes aren't that great, but they're their introductory episodes to important characters and like mm. there's their episodes where it's like this is the first time we're getting to see mayweather and mm-hmm. so it's not the best episode but you got to see it if you want to know who he is yeah. or who is this guy if you like the character of to paul you should watch this because it's a really good growth episode so it kind of i was surprised by how I've, we've, <laughs> i we we fought this show tooth and nail and i've been just slamming it but at the end of the day i'm like okay it's not that bad it's good. There you go. I have my bugaboos, and I think that they're fair when you think about the oh, 100% exploitation fair. of the female characters and the, the archers kind of a, you know, but there's some good storytelling, and it's Trek, and you always got to watch it. But It's Trek. That, it's, that's it's, the one wonderful thing. Like, hey, the episodes have been great. You know, look at the movies. Not every movie was great, but it's like, well, I'd rather them have made the movie than not. Yeah, exactly. So taking like that opportunity. It. That does it. Okay, that concludes it. Uh, that concludes our coverage on this episode to Tamed. We will be back next time to discuss Box Sola as we continue to celebrate the 20th anniversary year of Enterprise. Until then, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or by heading to discoveringtrek.com. And you can find us on Twitter at Discovering Trek. Send us messages, y'all. We want to see how you're doing. And you know what? If you're enjoying what we're doing here on Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, please consider supporting us on Patreon. As a subscriber, you get access to the unedited recordings of episodes, as well as exclusive content, great subscriber rewards, things like our annual supporters pins from fan sets, our exclusive Trek Geeks Podcast Network t-shirt, and other goodies that I can't tell you about right now. But, hmm, get you intrigued. What I can tell you about right now is I'd like to talk about all the amazing producers that we have for Discovering Trek. Thank you all for your support. And the producers are Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonagall, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and Jess Vashon. The senior producer of Discovering Trek is Jude, Jude Tapman. Tapman! If you would like to become a producer of Discovering Trek or get access to the raw audio for Discovering Trek episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks for all of the details. Until the next jailbreak, to the out. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. 
hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.